Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Neat story. We got that basketball hoop for a kid that uh, was a relationship and that they, they, they wanted a hoop and there was just all this conversation. But throughout the whole week, they didn't know we were going to get him a hoop, but we saw them several times throughout the city. And then show up with a basketball hoop because God's very intimate in his pursuit of each person. He's really nice like that. He's good. So here's where we're going today. Uh, We hope that you'll be so compelled to know that love is always open. Heaven does not close. It's always open. And that you would then consider, and, and I would consider deeper of what that means. Before we even go out to love people in a tangible way with action... We have to pause and be still to recognize that God wants us to consider what we're going to do first for us, more than anything. If there's one thing I've learned on any journey before I'm doing mission work or projects is that the mission is me. It's so cool to go back to those moments and let it get deeper and the roots grow down further and and deal with junk in my heart and it pulls things to the surface and it gives me opportunities to, to really connect with God. And so I hope that uh, this week would be that for you, because performance is not the game, and Christianity is not a spectator sport either. We're we're meant to be in this thing together. We are. We're really meant to get close. And um, in fact, I think today's message, and then we'll go with the how at the end, what we're going to do with Love the City Week, how you could be engaged, and how you can learn, I guess, the heartbeat of heaven that it could carry into your family, your friends, and in your workplace, and wherever you're at in your spheres, that this isn't a week, but that it really is a mantra. This is a lifestyle. It is something that you incorporate. You like the word lifestyle? This is not a diet. It's a lifestyle. And then like a month later, they're not on that lifestyle anymore. I thought it was a lifestyle. Okay. No, but Jesus is not some one-time dose. It's a daily, daily journey. Up, downs, left, right, narrow path, difficult. In fact, I heard this guy describe, I think here's what today is. Today's not the juice. Have you heard, I got the juice? You heard kids say that? I got the juice. Well, now we've upgraded. I I watched a video and they taught me on this. We've upgraded to the sauce. And we've upgraded to the sauce because there's longer shelf life. It doesn't expire as quick. I mean, you got barbecue, that thing, you could use that for a while. And in fact, sauce pours slower than juice. So this reasoning had me thinking, okay, if we're not the juice and we're now with the sauce, I think we're the peanut butter. <laughs> because that lasts through nuclear attacks. It's going to last so long. And it goes really slow, right? Imagine trying to pour a peanut butter. This message is the peanut butter. <laughs> I want to challenge you to take notes today. I don't always do that, and here's why. Um, one, I want to create a safe place for you to just experience. But uh, the weakest ink is better than the best memory. So however you do that, it's fine. And I don't think today is something you read. I think it's something we, 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 we process back at home. I think you maybe revisit one of these points and say, okay, as a family, let's get around. Let's talk about that. How, is, how does that apply in our life? Have a personal group time with Jesus. And we're going to go into Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, it's just to start us out. And the title of this message is, Love is Always Open. Now, when you read the Bible, there is two different on-ramps, I think. One that we're pretty comfortable to activate and understand it's, it's alive, and there's another one that's intimidated because there's always that pressure, I didn't read my Bible, or 
or I don't even know where this passage is. What does this mean? And these are addresses that give people, um, that, that were added later so that we could get quick reference points, almost Google information so that we could reference the Word of God. And here's the thing, the Word of God is not meant to be read, it's meant to be experienced deep in our soul, where we breathe. Our soul is actually where we breathe, the deepest, truest part of us. Just think of that. So as we're reading, think of that experience, that breath, that freshness. It's true. It's tangible. I had a friend text me, and he, and he saw the I, – I posted my day yesterday. I, I was compelled to do that, uh, uh, doing a funeral at noon, doing a connections team meeting at 2, um, and then going to do a hospice home visit, and then Jerome Cyrus and I, KFC for the first time in the family, and we're going to watch Ohio State versus TCU. Like, that's the day, right? And I just kind of throw that out there, not that we're sweet, but more like, hey, this is the day, but it's all worth it. And life is short and eternity isn't. May we choose accordingly, right? And so I'm even wrestling that. A friend of mine texts me and says, dude, I'm praying for you right now. And as I read this, this is what happened. I felt a tangible breath of fresh air into my spirit. And that's what I pray for us right now. Tangible, that you could feel it. And it's real. It's more real than what we see. So in Galatians chapter 6, it says this. And let us not grow weary of doing good. Felt frustrated? People let you down? Is there people hurting you? It's difficult. It's difficult to re-up and get your gym shoes on when you're getting punched in the face, literally or figuratively. We had an intern last year, a teacher in Lansing schools, who a fourth grader punched her in the face 12 times. Right? And they wanted to press charges, get the person out of the school. The intern went low, forgave. Full circle, sees the family a year later, conversations continue. That's what God does. Not saying that precious charges are wrong, okay? But I think how we proceed needs to be with this type of mindset. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season, God does not forget he uses every ingredient we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Today, just to pour into you real quick, is this. Don't stop. It's difficult. Easy to give up. I get it. Don't stop, though. Don't stop. Hear that from God. Let something rise back up inside of you, a resurrection power to believe that, no, I'm not giving up because in due season, I'm going to reap. In fact, I'm going to do good to everyone and especially to those who are marked and committed in the family of God. I love them. They're my brothers and sisters. They may be weird. I can't always choose them. My cousin's a little awkward. They sing different songs at this one place than this place. But you know what? We're still in the family of God. And God, the peculiar people, and God has done something very unique in me to not shoot, choose preferences or even taste or talents or desires, but to look deep into somebody's heart and say, Man, you are so special to me when you put your faith in Jesus. I mean, just on a whole other level. All people are special because they're made in the image of God, but especially those that are in the family, right? And so you lean in with family. You do things for family you wouldn't necessarily do for others. It happens all the time. Well, they're family. I know their heart. Okay, because they're not doing the right thing. But, but we then kind of discount the family of God. We should never do that. So you got to hear that loud and clear because where we're going will actually challenge the household of God. We're looking at judgment in Matthew chapter 25. This is, this is the realest, scariest moment that we should ever fear. Don't, don't, don't be afraid of anyone who can harm the body. Only be afraid of the one that can, after the body is done, 
judge the soul. That's where, this is face-to-face with real judgment. Don't be scared if you're late, your boss, etc. This is face-to-face with God, this interaction here. This is the final judgment. This is what happens when people are, uh, they're considering this when they're breathing their last breath. I've been very challenged being with some people at those last stages of life. Um, Transparently, when you sign up for ministry, God is so gifted at he doesn't show you everything you're going to do. This is really neat how he does this. He doesn't show you everything you're going to do because if he did, you'd quit. <laughs> so what he does is he just, ent- he just consumes you with your love and you're like, God, I'll go anywhere. He's like, okay, great, take a step. You're like, yeah, we're on this journey. It's awesome. Yeah, we're going to make rap music. Tons of people are going to come to Jesus. It's great. And then we're going to take another step. And next thing you know, you're in the hospital with somebody who is on their last life before. Or they're, la- they're literally on life support because they're going to be harvested. And you're praying with the family. What do you do? And then you walk in and it's a friend of yours and the mom looks at you and she says, Jerome, work your magic. It's like, oh. And I just sat down and cried. And we cried together. Because there's no magic. God weeps with those who weep. And, and, uh, but he provides hope outside of these moments. But, so this is the gravity of the situation of what's taking place here as we're going to read. In verse 31, it says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, picture this, I mean, this is King Jesus and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered, what are we looking at? (laughs) Will be gathered all the nations. Think of this. And he will separate people from one another as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. And the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit. Think of this, just... A king who can actually give you an inheritance. This is the real inheritance we want, okay? Things get froggy when there's an inheritance. Families that fight over the silliest of things. They got grandma's clock. You know, they threw it away. What? These are real things. You want to punch adults sometimes. We are big babies, the stuff we talk about. We are. We just we get so entangled in nonsense. Think of this. There's an inheritance that's a kingdom that lasts forever for you from the foundation of the world. That's where we all want to be. Can we all agree with that? I think we all want to be in the blessed circle over here. The blessed is the best with the sheep. I'm excited about that. But over here, you know, the goats. So we don't want to be on the left. We want to be on this right path. And then you start to say, okay, so what does this mean? I thought putting my faith in Jesus is the only thing. And absolutely, hear this loud and clear. We're saved. By grace, through faith alone, it is finished. But there seems to be a byproduct reaction of how we involuntarily and even voluntarily respond as a byproduct of being in Jesus. Check it. Verse 35, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, When did we see you hungry? When did we feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see a stranger or welcome you or naked or clothe you? And when did we see a sick or prison and visit you? And the king will answer him, truly I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these, my brothers, family, you did it to me. There seems to be this huge um, truth that The way we see people, the way we interact with people, is how we would interact with King Jesus. Now, if King Jesus stepped in this room, uh, in all of his glory, we'd want his autograph to say the least. 
I mean, just think of how we respond with our bosses sometimes if they say they're going to give us some type of bonus. We sometimes are enticed to even do things that aren't, we're we're just fake. (laughs) Oh, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And it's it's like, get your bonus and and forget him, forget her. That's not you, that's only me, I've only done that. (laughs) Because we can be enticed by the things of this world. And um, and here's Jesus saying, well, wait, 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 how you would treat me, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the bosses of bosses, the best leader of all time. How you would treat me is how you love people when when they're just down and out. And, and why? Because all people are mine. How would he, it's, it's as if we're looking at a human, but yet it's Jesus. Why? This is, this is a crazy cool mystery, but also a huge responsibility. And I love how this crowd responds. They're like, wait, we didn't even know. And he's like, no, no, it was so cool. I saw you. When you were doing the least of those, my brothers, you were doing to me. And what's fascinating when I was uh, doing more study in this is how quick there's articles about, um, well, yes, this is meaning just for the household of faith. So this is just for the family conversation. So it's my brothers, so it's definitely you're a Christian. But haven't we seen this played out really wrong in the church? We've done this, haven't we? Where we go out and we're like, I'm going to help you, but I need to know if you about Jesus. In fact, I need to know, look, are you going to repent right now? And then if you repent right now, I'll do something for you. But otherwise, like, look, all I got for you. And, and there's moments like that, but wait, when we feed them or when we clothe them is how when we visit Jesus. And I think sometimes we can go out as like spiritual police saying, all right, we're here to help you, we're here to help you, but only if... We know if you're my brothers. I don't think that's happening. Here's why. Because if we zoom out and then zoom back into Jesus' life, he seems to be casting a really, really wide net. He seems to be getting really close to marginalized people. He seems to give stories about when people are naked, when people are sick, when people do need healing, and he gets really close. He seems to cheer for those moments and challenge and champion that setting. Why? Because they're his. So I don't think, I think we got to be very slow before we get to the my brother conversation and be very fast to say, well, we want to know, we want to go out and love people. And then along the way, we're going to figure out who's in the family. In fact, I think some of the family conversations are reserved for elders and then elders as they're elding and having conversations about some of these texts, they would then flesh this out in a way that would always lead to empowerment, good news, dignity, and love because too often, what have we been known as? The anti-hell message. Don't go to hell. Get God. But wait, it's God's kindness and his goodness that leads people to repentance. Yes, the stakes are high. Yes, hell is real. But man, he's better. And he wants there to be eternal life. Now check out the second crowd. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into um, eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. This isn't prepared for people, notice. This whole idea that, you know, that you, you can't be saved, I think is insane to some degree. Because it, it, there's a mystery in, in, in how it all fleshes out. He's outside time and space, but, but to know who's saved and who's not, that's not my job. And I know some of us, we have a gift of judge, just, justice in here. Like we're J's and we're black and white, everything, and some of it happens. Others, we have a gift of forgiveness, and that's beautiful. But we got to be very careful how we proceed with judgment towards people. That, that the judgment of the situation, so judging something, driving on the road, in the right lane, that's good. That's good judgment. But judging somebody's opportunity to find and meet God, that's never ending. I mean, forgiving 70 times 7, I mean, we're, we're in this thing in a whole nother level. You want to know what it means to follow Jesus? It is so not entry level. It's that beautiful. It really is. And it's so captivating. Um, when you lose your life, you find it. And so this whole idea that love is always open, I hope, is being seared into our souls as we continue. 
and at the gravity of what this looks like with this particular group of people. Check this. Depart from me. You cursed into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave, me, you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty? See, they were really looking for just Jesus. We have conditions on love sometimes. I would serve Jesus but I can't serve the person who's bothering me. You know, God talks about enemy love. And they will answer, and they say that, and naked in prison and did not minister to you. And then he will answer to them saying, truly I say to you, um, as you did not do to one of the least of these, it doesn't say brothers this time, you did not do to me. And these will go into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. We have to be very clear. God longs for people to be a part of eternal life, not eternal punishment. The good news is so good, we got to talk about it more often. Jackie Hill has a new book out called uh, Gay Girl, Good God. And she says, as a gay girl, she's married now and has uh, to, to a man and has uh, children. But she said that for so long, all she heard about was th the God of hell, that God was going to send her. She heard so much about hell, she never heard about God. And as she started to hear about God, she was so compelled. He's compassionate. He forgives me. He loves me. He has order. He created me. He crafted, you know, crafted me. He's engrafted me into this family. And then what that started to do was change her desires and her affections. And, and it started to shape her and, and shift her into a new direction. And I thought, man, it was the good God who started to work on her heart. And, and too often we get in the way of the good God because the way we think we understand how good he is. When all we have to do is look at who he's reaching. He's reaching broken, broken people. And in fact, any person that has power, once they join the team with Jesus, they now use their power, use their influence to reach broken people. In fact, the brokenness of people, they're ready. They just want somebody to go touch them. No one would touch them because once you're not, quote unquote, broken in the world's eyes, which you're seriously broken in spiritual eyes, you don't want to necessarily go to these settings. This is what happens to us. This is something that I have to wrestle the more and more clean I've been, right? 16 years free walking with Jesus. But, but I'll tell you what, uh, C.S. Lewis, the closer I get to God, the further away I feel because he's that holy. And so that's where the, the, the praise gap gets even louder. Like, yeah, Jesus did it. I'm, oh, I'm coming in boldly because I can't come in my own confidence because I actually know that e e even the, most, the, the silliest, smallest of impurities can't stand in your presence. But now I can because I'm fully clean, fully new. Now, there's some things I want to give you, some, some, some like, this is where the note-taking is good, okay? Some, some ingredients to the stew of uh, love is always open is this. Judgment is defined by uh, what we do with Jesus and people. It's not defined by anything else. It's not. You notice our stance on any type of political issue is not in this moment? Come on, don't we, doesn't voting matter? Well, yeah. Wait, doesn't, it's interesting, like, all the nations are here, but yet how we respond to people is what's getting talked about? Wait, huh. How we stewarded resources aren't in this particular setting, this particular moment. It's just judgment is defined by what we do with Jesus and people. There was this wedding moment I was in, and uh, 
so fun. Crystal and I were at this wedding at Eagle Eye and we're dancing. It was great. It was like so amazing. It was beautiful. It was, we were dreaming for our kids of what, what, what culture could feel like, what life-giving environment. It, it, was, it was just awesome, beautiful. Uh, the grandparents, everyone's there. Just there, was, there wasn't that feeling of, okay, sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so haven't talked in a decade, and I, I just walked into this moment. It was none of that. Right? We're celebrating, we're dancing, and I get a phone call. Rob's got our kids this night, and Rob and Christina, and I'm like, oh, well, they're calling. They know we're dancing, so uh, I, uh, something must be up. So I go away. I'm like, I'll be right back. You know, people on the shoulder still, you know. I say, hey, what's up? Uh, I'm here. I got your, uh, I got, the police are here, uh, your kids, um, CPS, and they said I, I could keep them. Or, and all I hear is kids, police, CPS. I got to make a decision. What do you think I should do? And so if I know one thing, you stay poised. What? Hey, what? What are we talking about? <laughs> you know? Hold on. <laughs> no. What? CPS, please, kids? Say this again. And uh, he goes, I'm here with this one family we've been helping. They've been going through a lot. And they're here to take her kids, names the person, but CPS, they, 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 they know us. The police know us. They're willing to make an exception if we take them in, city life. I don't know what that means, but um, they'll let them come with us instead of go with CPS. If, if, what do you think I should do? And I was like, I was like this. <sighs> well, let's talk about it. My response changed. It wasn't my kids. It wasn't. And I did care. And God spoke to me so clear. Remember how you felt when you first thought it was yours? That's how I feel when they're mine. And so I, we, I just figured, I said, well, you got, you're taking them. Um, I know that much. And, uh, and uh, that's it. We'll figure it out later. You need me to come there right now? No? no. Okay, love you. You know, it's a party, and we come back. We get, you know, pizza for the kids. And I'd love to tell you there's some crazy happy ending. In fact, now the kids are in the CPS system, and that's been really hard, and some people from the church have been really trying to lean in further, and I think God has allowed us to feel that tension just to, just to really um, see the one, love the one, and know that there's not always an instant return on investment, if you will, but it's so worth it because you keep depositing seeds of love. People are, aren't projects, and they're worth investing in forever. I mean, this is a real thing, and, um, and so it's this beautiful, beautiful dialogue, but here's the point. God cares deeply about how we respond to people and that's the judgment that we're actually going to face and we do that not with fear um dl moody puts this this way our greatest fear should not be a failure but of succeeding at something that really doesn't matter because love is always open so we had to be open in that moment and don't believe the lie that you need to do everything okay jesus didn't do everything but we do need to do something for someone that god puts in front of our face period and first, that happens by letting him do that for you and carry the weight. And so we're not exhausted today. There's no pressure. The pressure's off. It's this beautiful thing. So next thing, get past the fruits and touch the roots. Now, for the Jesus-versed Bible people, you might be familiar with judge a tree by its fruits. You know, a bad tree can't produce good fruit. And you'll know if it's a good tree or not based upon the fruit. And that is absolutely true, but here's where I think we get misled, is the fruit uh, can then be a qualification to whether we will then activate with somebody 
which is probably only true if we're going to follow them or if they're going to be in deep leadership moments, but the fruit is not an indicator whether we can love them or not. In fact, that could now be a, uh, an excuse to say, well, hey, I've seen the fruit. And there is times to separate yourself. You're being abused. You're being hurt by somebody in your household physically, emotionally, spiritually. There is time to separate by all means. But the kingdom of heaven gets close. It, it does. And we're, we're, we're the hands and feet. We are, we are Jesus' expression to the world. And as we then get closer, here, here's what's crazy. It's just so neat. We start to then realize the fruit is just a reflection of what? The roots. So in our um, home, we started school. We have three kids in school now. We have uh, two that are at home. And Crystal takes the kids to school all the time. And our oldest has been in fourth grade. And the transition from third to fourth has been brutal, okay? Uh, came home crying three different times, recognizing school's not fun anymore. People are bullying people. And, and just has a tender heart. Um, and we've been championing him because we don't want to be the family that, uh, you know, swings the pendulum both ways. You know, remember drill sergeant dad and then turns over to hippie son and then hippie uh, dad turns over to drill sergeant kid. You know, it just goes back and forth. We want to be in the tension because most generations are like, I just don't want to be what I saw. I don't want to. And it just goes back and forth, right? So we're not trying to overprotect we're letting it happen, but we're, we're coaching, we're, we're, we're praying, and Crystal comes in, and she sees this interaction happen with a kid who, fourth grader, and a little taller than her, she's five foot one and a half, and so this kid's five foot two, let's say, and, and, and she sees him making fun of short kids. Well, our technique is, uh, instead of like, correct we, uh, with, with anger, we try to correct with, you're awesome. So Crystal jumps in, hey, uh, you're cool. Well, you, this is our, you know, she's seeing this moment, she wants to probably, you know, come in judgment, and she's wrestling through all this. She goes, hey, you're cool. What's your name? Kid looks at her, what? And, uh, and then she starts introducing him to all the small kids. Hey, this is so-and-so. This is so-and-so. This is so-and-so. You're going to be my friend. And they start talking a little deeper, and the conversation leads to the kid tells her, uh, he's not been adopted one time, but two times already by fourth grade. We have to look past the fruits and touch the roots. So you can now imagine she responds to that kid a little differently when she sees that kid now at school. Fair? But if we just looked at the bullying and she would have went, you know, super, super mom, mama bear, we're not touching the roots anymore. Because Crystal is an amazing example of she's not there just as a mom. She's there as a messenger of Jesus. The next thing, dignity is meeting people where they are at and calling out God's best in them. There's a TED Talk I watched. Remember, love is always open. That's where we're at. Uh, there's a TED Talk I watched recently, and it said, uh, don't give people conditions to get help. So, for instance, if somebody needs a mattress or they need some type of social work, uh, the system, because they've been burnt so many times, and I think this is very sound wisdom, is to have them fill out paperwork, and if they don't fill it out right, you can't get the assistance, you can't get the bed, you can't get the food, you can't get whatever you need, and some of us can relate to this if we've walked through this journey. It's very difficult, but what this TED Talk claimed, and it really wrecked me, challenged me, it said, don't give people just what they need, give them money, and then walk away, and what they found was this, so if you just give a person what they need, um, whether it's food, clothing, shelter, uh, what they need, 
naked, visit, poor, sick. Uh, but you, you give them, I would say, maybe, maybe the power of heaven, what it looks like. They tested that when they gave them just money, their IQ went up significant. They became smarter when they became empowered. See, people think when we're going to go reach the least of these, what's going to happen is this, I'm going to help you because you need something. When the truth is, no, 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 we're just getting there, and we're meeting people where they're at, and we're calling out God's best in them. Sometimes that means just giving resources with no strings attached. Next thing, uh, experience at times is not always right. I'm wrestling, and I, just for time's sake, because I want to make sure we, we close with some things, and so I'll condense this story. But, um, and we're going to set up bags here in a minute. We're going to talk about the Love the City truck this week. We are going to be serving here Monday through Friday, 8, noon, 6, so you can show up any given time. Uh, uh, it's going to be powerful. Um, but, 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 but Love the City started for, for me thinking about this week way before this. And all the projects we're doing have some form of an intimate relationship. There's a connected connection in the church. There's a long-term play. There's, there, we're, there's a seed that's intentional, okay? And there's reasons from whether we're reaching a, a police officer to a neighborhood forgotten about, a laundromat, you, you name it. It's, there's, there's a reason. There's somebody we know that knows somebody. And so we're driving on Aurelius uh, past Kavanaugh traveling north. Uh, th- there's a party store there, and there's a girl holding her baby, and there's cars whizzing by her, and she's got a four-year-old trying to push this little uh, this, this stroller. And our family, it's on the day off. It's on our day off. We're done with God for a minute. You know, We're not open for sure. And she's, cars are whizzing by. Just watch this TED Talk. Help somebody, no matter what, right? And just give them money. I'm forgetting about that all in this moment. So, and, and, and my wife just sees me turn around. I, I don't know what we're going to do because our van's packed. We got no seats, and she's got three. She looks at me, just not, not even like she wouldn't do it. She just was like, we don't have seats. I was like, she, she could get hit, right? And uh, good point. And we just pulled over. We're like, hey, you need a ride? No, 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 I don't need a ride. Look, you're almost going to get hit by a car. Uh, okay, she gets in. Say, oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, and she's super, super, super dark, super African, super dark, 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 from Africa, dark, like first tier. Like someone's like, hey, I'm African-American, but it's like seven tiers removed. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, cool. But, but no, this is okay. So my a hundred out of a hundred experiences so far has been that if they, if some African gives me a name, like my name is Sarah or Steve, well, I say, hey, what's your real name? And then they tell me their real name, right? That's like 100 out of 100. And so we're in the car. I say, hey, what's your name? And she gives me a name, and I'll just say Sarah. And I was like, Sarah? What's, what's your real name? And she goes, Sarah. And I was like, oh, this is loud. I was like, man. I'm like, I just did to you what people always do to me. When they meet me, they say, well, oh, your name's Jerome? You want to go by Jerry? Because their experience is white dudes aren't named Jerome. In fact, Jerry Seinfeld's name is Jerome. And here's why. If we are going to love like heaven wants to love, that it's always open, our experience at times is not always right. Up till this point, I was 100 out of 100. There would be a, 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 a name. You find that. But no, she, that was her name. And then the story goes on. We were trying to help her, and she just, the Holy Spirit said, hey, do you, do you, do you have a rough time taking help? And she just started to weep. Yeah, I don't want to ask anyone for help. Just went to DHS to sign up. And, uh, and we were thinking, well, what do you need? Do you need food or whatever? Just, we wanted to help her. Like, we don't even know. What and it was just like, give her money. 
So we just went back and gave her money. And we're not great at this, because hopefully you can connect the story. This is from a TED Talk to a moment, day off. We don't know what we're doing. I'm like questioning her name in the car. <laughs> I'm just wondering, what do we give her? I mean, we don't even know what the heck we're doing, right? And uh, we relate to this on all levels. People never think Crystal's full Mexican. Like we, but here's the thing. We're okay to push past our stereotypes and look dumb to love people. I'm okay with not even being politically correct at times. Someone told me, uh, I, asked, I asked if he was Hispanic, and then they got mad at me because they told me that was part of the Reagan regime, that, that the, they named that, um, that's where that term came from. And, um, and, and it was like, dude, just don't call me that ever again. I was like, bro, that's awesome. I love you, but don't ever act like that ever to me again. One, I didn't know that, so I'm grateful now. A, my wife's Mexican. I was like, so, dude, I... I for sure care, because you care, but dude, but don't, 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 like, we're not hate, hate game here. Like, you know, like, I ain't Reagan regime, right? I was okay with just being messy at the barbershop, and it was fine. We all laughed about it, went through, because sometimes you have to get so messy to get so real with what God wants to do, because our experience at times is not always right, Push past the stereotypes. I've experienced this my whole life when people find out it's a pastor that's a rapper. First thing, they're like, what? Because Jesus does not just you have people that only wear suits. Love is always open. And get this, we are free. Jesus' love overcomes judgment. And 1 John 4 says this, God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God. God lives in us the way love has run of the house, becomes at home, mature in us. So we're at free of worry on judgment day. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ. Remember the judgment day moment? This is telling us how we're clean. There is no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear since fear is crippling. A fearful life, a fear of death, a fear of judgment is one not yet fully formed in love. We, though, are going to love and be loved. First we love. Now we were loved. And he loves us. If anyone boasts, I love God, and goes right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, he is a liar. He won't love the person he can't see. How can he love God he can't see? The command we have from Christ is blunt, not a blunt. <laughs> that was for somebody. So you're like, I knew it, man. God's so into blunts. I'm not sure God's against it, but I'm, I for sure know he, he wants you to ask him why. <laughs> why the blunt? I think that's the bigger conversation. What's the root? Touch the root. Come on. Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. Worship team, if you guys would come up, it'd be amazing. You've got to love both. Um, I've got some notes left, and I'm just going to end with the last one, which is uh, love is always open. Don't worry. God loves people more than you do. So Lori, who was a nurse when my brother got hit on Cedar Street at 45 miles an hour and was in a coma, she was one of the nurses up there taking care of him in the ICU brain ward. And uh, Lori... Amazing. Rob and I are up there. Rob G, who's singing, who plays guitar right here, he was up there with me. And we're talking to Lori. Um, Lori would laugh. She was at the first service, but Lori's cursing like a sailor. And we're just loving it and hanging out with her. 
And then she asks, over time, what do you do? And I say, oh, I'm a pastor. She says, oh, I'm so sorry. I said, no, don't worry. If you swear in front of God, it's fine, you know, because that's who you're swearing in front of. Don't swear, worry about me. Worry about how you would see your relationship with God. And she's like, oh, it got, you know, weightier, but in a beautiful way. She's like, oh, okay, cool. She was free from the judgment from me, but then feeling the weight with Jesus. And it was so cool. And that story led to us. We brought her back a gift because she said she likes Coke and popcorn. And she'd been coming to City Life uh, now, and she waited a little while to, to, to come for the invitation. And um, she, she, she'll even tell you that she's processing the Jesus stuff. Uh, and I think what she's feeling is the Holy Spirit keeps drawing her, and she says, things. I don't know really where I stand with all this, but I just love it here. And she keeps coming every week. And I think it's so beautiful because love is always open, right? Well, she calls me and says she has a friend that's in uh, hospice home care that is now given up on treatment that's afraid to die. And you're the only person I know to call. That's the visit yesterday. And I'm thinking, we are so busy right now. (laughs) But it's Lori who took care of my brother. Do for one what I wish I could do for all. I'll just show up. Um, I don't even know what to say. So I show up. I go in there. Dude's six foot three, 70 something pounds. And then Lori's, you know, she's amazing. She's like, all right, I'm going to leave you two alone. And so I'm thinking, well, I got to seal the deal, right? Like he's got to become a Christian or is he a Christian or what? You know, reading scriptures, what do I say and do? And I feel the Holy Spirit just gently nudge me and say, do what you wish someone would do for you. I'm like, you're right. Okay. And then he's like, get closer, okay? And so I just kind of hold in his hand. We put on a couple songs. Um, There's a few times I was talking too much. Go figure. I was talking too much, and then I just rested him, holding him. He says this statement. He's like, <laughs> he's like, man, I just something like along the lines like, I just like being hell, but I'm not gay or something. <laughs> I said, bro, it's it's awesome. And uh, we hung out, and he goes because he was really hesitant to letting someone come see him like that, right? I would imagine. Um, we were just gentle, and he thanked me, and he says, I love you, brother. He's, he was a believer, um, and I just prayed peace over him, that, it, that the perfect love could cast out fear of death because he will be resurrected with Jesus. He will have a glorified body. He will be with the sheep. He will get in, to inherit the kingdom, and he's in a position right now that's very, very challenging, and, and here's the point. Love was always open. I just had to be there. And when I left, he didn't, he didn't receive help. He gave help. That's it. Why love the city? Well, it's going to transform you, your home, your friends, your life. And what is love the city? It's, to us, it's just a battle cry for loving people in the region he's given us, the one city, the one region he's given us. We want this place to reflect heaven. We want Jesus, when he's coming back, to say, I gotta go first to Lansing. <laughs> There's a church there that I know that's my favorite. That's, how, that's what we think. Um, call us crazy, but that's for sure what we think and what we're praying for and what we wanna live. This week, we're gonna do projects where uh, we're gonna clean parks, um, give away bags of snacks and empowering Uh, our team to love people. We're going to put a basketball hoop in for a refugee housing complex. We are going to give breakfast for three inner city schools. 
we are going to take 300 pizzas and knock on homes and just say, hey, enjoy a pizza on us. We're going to invite people back to a party with laser tag and food and, and, and free haircuts. And, and there's so many different projects we're going to do. Probably one of my, my favorites is that there's a family that they play basketball. Um, they're from Uganda. They play basketball in sandals. We're getting all the kids basketball shoes. And I say we because you're in this thing. Uh, we're getting them basketball shoes. We're getting them a, 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 a basketball hoop. And get this, they've been borrowing. I don't even want to tell you the leader yet because sometimes we, we love to go by and be like, it's them. Look at what God's doing, right? But no, 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 no. Because they're awesome. Look at what God's doing in the, uh, using them and us. They, they come and they're, they're bringing us joy. Well, they borrow one of our leader's lawnmowers so that they can mow yards and get money. So here they are working. So we're also getting them a lawnmower so they'll have their own lawnmower to, to develop income. And so this is real close to a leader that there'll be a relationship continued and that's gonna continue to happen. And this is part of a really long play for us to continue to love. Staying power, a really long play. Sometimes it's, it's, we show up and we have the box. Do you believe in Jesus, yes or no? That we miss the opportunities to clothe, feed, give the least of these. And then we get to find out, ooh, my brothers as well. It's a really cool, beautiful relationship. So last week we had um, $23,000 given. We, we were trying to, so just to give you an idea, we're trying to get to $55,000, okay? It's kind of big time for, for a church our size, renting a school. Um, but call us silly. So we had $23,189.14. And, and then as of right now, uh, this morning, in, in, already in the bank, we have $64,000, uh, $33.14. Yeah. So we've exceeded our budget nine grand already. And, and, and here's what's crazy. We have $25,000 pledged to come in still, which will take us over 90, 000, right around $90,000 from our goal of 55 grand. So what do we do? Yeah, what do we do? What do we do? We celebrate God first, man. God, you're building this thing. You're building this thing. Unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. God's building it because his love's always open. He just sees us. He's like, yeah, they're silly enough to believe that I can do it. And it's awesome because I wanted to, right? Um, so we have always said we have faith that exceeds our budget. So the more finances we get, the faster we'll get to do things we want. So now here's what we're thinking. Uh, better truck. Uh, we're already thinking phase two stuff. We're looking at barber chairs so we could do pop-up haircuts anywhere. We were looking at uh, now so we can put maintenance costs away and we're, then the, the truck team can, can go to purchase specifically and use that now as more buying power because some, some dealership might want to partner up with us. And so, so this is a very strategic plan. And, and so what we're, what we're saying is don't quit investing. Get in on this. You want a return. Don't grow weary in doing good. Financially, so into this thing. If you made a pledge, honor that commitment. Let's, we we got we to gotta do this. I, I hope we can push over $100,000 for the Love the City campaign. So that as we, because we're going to do, do campaigns all the time, every year. I mean, we're doing this. Someone said, oh, well, that's a truck. And, and then what? I was like, man, dude, a truck? We're thinking block pass. I mean, you just thought it was a truck? Come on. Oh, you must have right 
Ray Lewis has a famous quote that says, um, the guy on film you saw is not the guy you see today. So you see a truck on film, well, just wait, right? Just wait to see what God's going to do. All right, so there's a few opportunities that you can give today. Uh, you can give in the app, you can give in the envelope, and you can give online. And first, if you support, and this is your family, City Life, if you're about this vision and this mission, we still got to pay the bills. And, and you, that's what tithing is all about. It's like the 10% that God has entrusted you first. I know we start negotiating with God. I don't want to give to you first. Look, look, we can't have the benefits of the kingdom and then start not living like the kingdom. Um, you don't have to give, you get to give. And when you see the kingdom is given to you first, it's an honor and an opportunity to help fund and fuel the vision and mission, the local family that God has you a part of. So that is still happening. And then second thing, you could select the Love the City Fund and you could be a part of that. Those are the two things that are, that are happening. You can always support that. Um, but, but be very clear, like don't try to shift funds in the wrong direction. And that's just a family conversation. Honor what, wherever God's put you. Because here's why, I actually want you to be blessed, I do. I don't want you to be deceived. And that's what people do when they're deceived. Right, Peter to pay Paul? That's what they do, you heard that phrase before? No? Yes? Okay, yeah, thank you. God loves our interaction. He loves your yes, he loves your signature, he loves, he loves to talk, he, he loves it. He, we're participating together. He loves this. He wants you. He wants you to feel alive. He wants you afterwards to go put up bags if you can and, and, and start to meet people and, and get close to people, rub shoulders, ask questions. Don't let somebody leave this place alone. Don't let somebody leave this place afraid. Don't let somebody leave this place broken and you see it on their face. Just go pray for them, hug them. Don't let somebody leave this place in fear. Tell them perfect love cast out fear. Come on. Giving team, if you guys would come up front, um, we went a couple minutes over, but today's a cool day. It's a special day that we're planting the flag in the ground. And then uh, the pitch to stay is we'll be putting together bags in the hallway. We have 3,000 bags we got to put together. We need your help to do that. And then at any given time, you could just drop in for the sessions, 8, noon, or 6 p.m., and serve for an hour of power with whatever projects are in place. So you, there, you don't need an invite. There is your invite. You don't have to sign up or anything. Just come to City Life, any of those sessions, and then we'll have the Love the City party on the weekend. Cool? Jesus, I thank you for a people that are daring enough to believe that you're as big as you are. You're a king. You're a king who wants to get people back home. God, use every dollar this week and beyond. Help lead us to the exact truck you want us to buy. All the logistics, whether it's box truck, step van, it's having trailer behind, both and. Expand our, our ideas, our thinking, our vision. Are we doing f floats when it's time for silver bells? I mean, what are we doing? Like, let's do everything that you want us to. Let us not miss anything. Welcome back to, to school kickoffs. I see your people alive. And not just for a week, but in their home. And in their room with you. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. 
For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.